Auburn's inability to close, it, it, it just, it won't go away. We can't fix it. This is happening in Auburn, Alabama. It's a, we're a football school, but we're also an everything school. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. This is the Henry Service Company postgame show. I'm Zach Blackerby, joined as always after every Auburn basketball game of the season by Daryl Daprich. As we will discuss uh, another heartbreaker, if it's close within four minutes to go, Daryl, this is kind of how it's gone over the course of the season. But we are here to recap Auburn's 67 to 65 road loss to the Vanderbilt Commodores and what kind of felt like a great moment when KD made that three and then just the inability to close Daryl. That's really what it comes down to. You can't win close games. Yeah. I think that when you were trying to win on a road against a team that has won four out of the last five, has some confidence is now tied with you in the conference standings, a tough place to play you have to be able to have certain things happen. Number one, you have to have your best players be best, you know, be your best players. And I think that Auburn could have gotten more out of the point guard position tonight. I think Wendell Green uh, really did not help Auburn at all as far as trying to win on the road and you need your point guard to play well. I think that the we've run out of adjectives and we've run out of things. It, it is getting to be very old and quite quite honestly, just frustrating and, and and it's really to the point where as an Auburn fan, it's disgusting that we keep having to go back and talk about the inability to close. This is a team that's not a bunch of freshmen. They're supposed to be seasoned veterans. They've played a lot of basketball. Auburn was up five under the six-minute mark and can't get any separation. They let teams hang around, and because of that, down the stretch, they don't make shots. I mean, KD hit that big three to tie it. Credit, all the credit in the world goes to him. But then I don't know what kind of freaking Matador defense Auburn played at the end to let five just drive right down the lane with point eight and lay it up. I mean, close the lane, do something. At least put him at the free throw line and make him hit free throws. Auburn just kind of watched as he blew right by. And now Vanderbilt, who's very hot right now and is playing good basketball, uh, takes advantage. They have the tiebreaker against Auburn when it comes to head-to-head, you know, mm-hmm. for that fourth spot. And and really, the way it looks now with the way Kentucky is playing, Auburn's going to have to hold service at home to go to the NCAA tournament. That's that's my opinion. They're going to have to beat Ole Miss, beat Tennessee, and they're in. If they don't win both of those home games or luck up and win one on the road with the way they're playing right now, uh, it's going to look bleak. Joseph says, said in the Discord, locked on Auburn Discord, this team is not clutch. It is that simple. Um, I, I don't think this team is a lot of things, but certainly, I mean, their inability to close is fascinating. And we kind of made the joke about it when they blew out and just blitz Missouri earlier this week. It's like, oh, okay. Well, it just it was a total blowout. So, like, you know, you, you don't have to worry about closing out the game. But, Man, it just it felt like it was about to be different. It felt like you were going to do it on the road, and then it just doesn't happen. So now looking at this, Auburn seeding in the SC tournament is shot. I mean, it, it's just you would need a lot of things to happen. With this surge that Kentucky has now had, um, 
You're going to be tied with Vandy. So as you said, Vandy's going to have the tiebreaker over you. Kentucky's got a better record in conference than you. So, I mean, you, you're going to drop. I mean, this 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 loss is going to have more consequences as far as seedings, both in the SEC and NCAA tournament than anything we've seen so far. Uh, we talked about the bummer thing that happened at Georgia. We've talked about several close losses. This one is going to hurt you the most just because of the timing of everything. This is a bad loss. It won't look like a bad – I mean, it's a bad loss from the eyeball test. This is where – analytics and and things like eyeball test and human uh, evaluation compared to net and Ken Palm yeah. really look like polar opposites because as the eyeball test and as an Auburn fan, this looks terrible because you couldn't close. But when the computers come out tomorrow, I don't think Auburn's net changes at all. I mean, this is a quad two loss. Um, it, it should, but, but again, that shouldn't matter. It's the eyeball test. You have a chance to win a game on the road by having somebody make a big play. You put them on the free throw line 26 times. I don't want to hear anything about officiating because at some point, quit it and freaking figure it out. You've got a coach making millions of dollars that has a really, really high contract, and yet his players – play with the lowest basketball IQ that I've seen in years. Stupid things. We go in the lane, Zach, and throw it over our head and do stupid stuff like that, shot selection, force stuff. So even despite all that, Auburn gets in its way and still gets a five-point lead, and you have to have a high basketball IQ to close. Yeah. You have to have a high basketball IQ to quit fouling. Over and oh, if you see the officials are going to call it soft, and if you breathe on Robbins, then quit doing it. Move your feet. Do something. I get it. They went to the free throw line 26 times. Auburn went 10. But you know what? I don't think officials had anything to do with Auburn's toughness getting out rebounded by 10. That that kills you. Or Auburn, who you know basically comes alive in the second half and shoots 11% in the first half from three, but ends up with 32%. I mean, they had a better field goal percentage than Vanderbilt. The key was Vanderbilt hit 15 more free throws. Why? Because we didn't guard like we should. We didn't defend like we should. Cardwell and Broom need to do a better job, and you cannot allow a big stiff to go to the free throw line 21 times. And they did, and it cost them the game. Yep. And that's basketball IQ. Yep, cost them the game, and just, I mean, oh, I hate to single a guy out because there's a lot that went wrong tonight, but, like, Wendell Green was an absolute liability. Two of 14 shooting, scored five points. He shot the ball 14 times. Daryl scored five points. What in the world's going on there? Eight rebounds, that's cool, but, you know, multiple turnovers. Like, I, I just, in 30 minutes of play, that's just, um, that's not great. And no. then, I mean, let's just look at all the guards for a second. Winslow Green, five points at two of 14 shooting. Zepp, zero points. He shot it once. KD, six points, two of five shooting. Trey Donaldson, zero points. He missed the only shot that he took. Uh, I'm not going to do all the math. Somebody in live chat wants to add up all the guards, total points, and, and what their shooting percentage was. I'd, I'd be interested in seeing that. But, like, that's abysmal. That's awful. And we've talked about this before, right? Like we've talked about the up and downs of Auburn's guards, but normally like it's such high volume that they do score 
Daryl. It's just super inefficient. We're like, yes, Wendell scored 12. He shot it 14, 15, 16 times, you know, whatever. But it's like, at least he scored double digits. And I, I that just didn't happen tonight. I mean, there's just, there was a lot. Um, there was a lot. Wes, I, I said KD had six. Yep, I said that. Uh, including, obviously, the three at the end of the game there that we thought was kind of going to be enough. But just um, nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're starting backcourt, Get you five points. You ain't gonna win on the road. I mean, it's it's a miracle that this game was as close as it was. If you would have told me your starting backcourt gives you five points, they make you know how many more free throws? Fifteen more free throws, and you know Auburn gets out rebounded by ten. I'd have said, man, that'd have been ugly. And yet Auburn loses by two. And look, I, I see a lot of things in the chat. This is what I love about the chat: the interaction about oh, I disagree. We don't get called for the same fouls. Let's just cut right to the chase, okay? Either the way that the foul differential has gone for Auburn this year, either the officials are out to get Auburn and Bruce Pearl and screw us, or Auburn is not playing the level of defense they need to play and they foul too much, okay? So it can't. it's one or the other. Either we're getting screwed on purpose and the officials are calling it different for Auburn than they are the other team, or Auburn is playing different and not doing what they need defensively from a reputation standpoint or whatever. I don't know how there's something in between. I know this, not every announcer, what they say is is gold. I trust some of these analysts that, that, that know what they're talking about, that coached, and I've seen two different color analysts that I respect say in games, Auburn fouls way too much. So what is it? Do they foul? Is it their style of defense? Is it that they have low basketball IQ like they do from the offensive side and defensively they just get lazy and reach and foul and don't understand the ramifications of the fouls they're committing and how they add up and add up and add up and at some point you got to stop, but they're not willing to stop because they're just going to play their style and let by God whatever. I don't know. I just think you have to adjust. I think at some point. When you play basketball, if you get getting called for fouls, you change the way you guard. I don't think that's rocket science, but they don't. They don't. They just keep doing exactly what they're doing. And that's, you know, again, that's not smart basketball. That's basketball IQ. Ryan pointing out four for 21 from point guards and shooting guards for 11 points. So our guards shot the ball 21 times and scored 11 points. Yikes. Yeah, I, I mean, again. Yeah, doing that. No, I yeah, think that anytime that Auburn, anytime Auburn has had some of their best teams and their teams that were the most successful, they get really good guard play. We can point back to Jared Harper and Bryce Brown, Bryce Brown, and everyone says, "Okay, that's the obvious choice." But the year that they had Samir Dowdy, Javon McCormick, and um, Isaac Okoro, that they were playing some of their best basketball going into the SEC tournament. Yep, went twelve and six in conference that year. Um, this is a tough one. This is certainly a tough one. And um, I think we lost Daryl. We may get Daryl back in a second. Um, putting Zep back in the game at the end was a mistake. I think they, they felt like they needed to um, they needed to stop. And Zep, Zep's a, the best defensive guard that we've got. We're finishing the season one of three. Or oh, uh, oh, and four. I don't know if I'm buying that, Ben. I do think 
Hold on, I'm getting a text from Daryl. Yeah, I got disconnected. Uh, I mean, you got to feel good about you got to feel good about Ole Miss, right? You got to feel good about Ole Miss. And other than that, it's like, yeah, this is why this game was so big, Ben. I mean, it's you don't feel good about those last three. Like, you don't feel good about going to Lexington. You don't feel good about going to Tuscaloosa, and then Tennessee at home. Like, that's that's a tough one. That's certainly a tough one to look at. Um. Phil saying, I think we played good defense. Yeah, I mean, Vandy scored 67 points. So you should be able to score. Um, you should be able to score more than 67 points with this roster, I think. Even with the inefficiencies, I think you should be able to do that. They held Vanderbilt to shooting 36% from the floor. Auburn shot 44% from the floor. It came down to free throws again. And we've seen this happen before. Was it AM where it was just ridiculous? AM shot like 26 more free throws or something like that. Um, 19% shooting from our guards or Wyoming points out. There's no question that that's not, um, that's not great. Uh, Wes says, I keep saying no excuses, but there's really no other way to say it. Zach. Yeah. This is bad. This is bad. And the fact that these issues that all seemed fixable at the start of the season, um, they weren't ever fixed. And like, it's too late now. Like we've said it before. We've said it for the last two or three weeks. Like at this point, Auburn is who they are. And we deal with this all the time, right? Where it's just hard to fix things. Well, you know, who's really good at fixing things. And sadly, I'm not talking about Bruce Pro right now. I'm talking about our friends at the Henry Service Company. As it says, the Henry Service Company post game show. You can give them a call at 334-288-2700. They are your go-to. They are able to fix your HVAC. They are able to fix your plumbing. They are able to fix your electrical. Whatever it may be, they can fix it. If something's not working, they can fix it, which we may all need right now. At some deep core level, we may need that. So if you're in the Montgomery Tri-County area, give our friends at Henry Service Company a call, 334-288-2700, Alabama license number 0002. One, bringing Daryl Daprich back in. Daryl, you got me, brother? Yeah, there must have been some kind of internet connection I had here because I lost connectivity. I wondered if no, every service company could fix that for us. Uh, is, it's worth a call. Worth a call. Just, just, I apologize for that. Frustrating. Uh, just really puts a cherry on top. All of a sudden, it just went black. So well, I, I asked you a question, and, and you disappeared just like our guard scoring did. Yes, so, I did. It, it, I lost connection to the uh, – internet here so my router but i'm back up so um that's right integrity sports podcast is henry service company can probably fix his zeros internet connection no question about it andrew asking the same question no i i mean i just daryl i was saying this right before the henry's read like like i don't think there's anything to fix like i think this is who this team is and it's a shame it's a total shame it makes you wonder like the missouri game from earlier in the week what was that was that just this is what this team could be but sadly, that's just not going to happen. I knew this game was going to be difficult. There was nothing that I felt about. I felt Auburn was going to win this game, but I felt like it was going to win it kind of how they were playing up until the five-minute mark, like it was going to be a close game. And that finally, you know, they had learned some things and kind of felt good about themselves after last uh, Wednesday or Tuesday. And and yet, you know, some of the same things just reared its ugly head. Again, now if you would have given me the stat line, and said the foul differential, the way it was, 
the rebounding the way it was, then yeah, I would have said, no, nah, that's going to be in the guards combining for five points. I would have said that's going to be difficult to win that game. Yeah. Again, it, it's amazing. This is the frustrating thing about it. None of these, yeah, they called a tech on me. None of these games are blowouts. Auburn is right there. The five of six that they've lost or whatever mm-hmm. it is, they're right there with the chance they've got a lead late and they just can't close. And that's the frustrating thing. That's why, um, you know, they're hanging around where they are with net and that kind of thing because margin of victory matters and they're losing some of these on the road. It's just it's frustrating. Yeah. If they were getting blown out, I could point to all the symptoms and say this is symptomatic. But not being able to close is just a dangerous trait to have when you're going to any postseason tournament. We've said it time and time again. It's getting old, but it is what it is until it changes. Is that, you know, a lot's going to have to change. Look, Vanderbilt's going to have to start coming back down to earth, okay? Vanderbilt's supposed to have to will come back to earth and not continue to play this way. They're going to get beat in some games they have to play down the stretch. They got to go to Tennessee. They got some games they're going to lose. Auburn's going to have to steal one at Kentucky for to have any chance at all to finish in the top four. And how realistic does that seem right now? I still think Auburn beats Ole Miss. I still think Auburn beats um, Tennessee. Tennessee's uh, not as good as their ranking is right now. Right. And it's at home. It'll probably mean more to us than Tennessee. Like maybe there's some factors there. Like we may be playing for an NCAA tournament bid. So like, I'm and that would be that. three and two. That would be three and two in the last five. Like I kind of thought Almer was going to do. Yeah, we'll see. Christy pointing out. I mean, Christy, we kind of pointed her out for being negative because she said two and three at the end of yeah. last show. And um, Christy, I I hope you're wrong, but uh, looks like you probably nailed it. I'll Honestly. just say this again. This is the way I felt better about the the Tennessee game than I did this game. Everybody that says this was a win, this was supposed to be a win, this was supposed to be a win, it was uh, from BPI projection and all that. But I still feel better about a team that beat Tennessee, uh, uh, Tennessee at home who lost to Vandy, than Vandy on the road who beat Tennessee. I, I mean, that's just that's how I feel right now. I think that Neville Arena and officiating and that kind of thing makes a big difference at home. And I like Auburn's chances, obviously, Wednesday night against Ole Miss. I don't think they're going to steal another road game, and I think they have to beat Tennessee. And if they do that, they're in. That would put it, us it, at, what, 10 and 8? In 10 and 8, 20 and 11, and four quad one wins. Do you think what, like, do you think you got to win one in the tournament? No. If Auburn, gets, if Auburn beats Ole Miss and Tennessee, they will stay probably right where they are right now. An eight or nine seed uh, in, in a the normal tournament. year, does an SEC team with ten conference wins get in? Yes, Is that a normal thing. Okay, every projection I've seen, every projection I've seen, NCA brackets, Joe Lenardi, Jerry Palm has the SEC getting eight teams in, and then some have them getting in six teams. And Auburn is is one of those six teams or one of those eight teams on every single. Now that can change. If they if they beat Ole Miss and then drop the last three, that could change. I mean, Auburn's right on that line, right? No particular order, but I am looking at the standings right now. Alabama, A and M, Tennessee, Kentucky, 
I guess you got you got to put Vanderbilt above Auburn right now. No, no, not the tournament. No, you don't. No, because they got they, they only have fifteen. Vanderbilt right. has right. nothing has has not making the tournament in any analytics no, you're, at all. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's Arkansas. Going, okay, yeah, go Arkansas, Auburn, and maybe Mississippi State. No Florida. No Vandy. N- nothing. I mean, that's it. <sighs> So um, Spencer and Charlotte saying Ole Miss will be the last regular season win. If that's the case, if that's the case, we're in trouble. Yeah, if that's the case, then you won't get in. I mean, I, I'm just being honest. I, I don't unless you win like three in the tournament and get to the championship game or the semifinals. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, and and that's the frustrating thing. Yeah. Auburn, with 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 a minute and something left to go, you felt like they had a chance to win this game. That's and right. So, and so that that's why it is so frustrating to be like talking about oh, only winning one game out of your last four when you were right there. You're right there in these games late. And I don't know. I don't know if that's why the net doesn't change or the Ken Palm doesn't change because of margin of victory because they're on the road. I don't know, but analytics and computers and objective things are rating Auburn different. Well, and I'll say the eyeball test, this committee that came out with this first 16 today, you know, I mean, that, that model has Auburn as an eight seed. Now tonight losing this game probably drops them to nine barely, but it doesn't drop them out. It doesn't drop them in my opinion to like last four in or something like that. We'll see. We'll see what happens tomorrow, but there's a lot of other basketball, a lot of other things going on, you know, around to, to, to have to determine that. It's not just what Auburn does. It's what Auburn's opponents do and, you know, past opponents and what people that are around them. So, uh, Oh, wow. Did you see this? Jeff saying, hey, Daryl, projection is Auburn in Pittsburgh. You, you know, I have a feeling that – Eight nine matchup. That's where I've seen Pitt as a nine and Auburn as an eight, and I could see that happening. That would be, uh, you know, I'd pull for Auburn, obviously, big time. I mean, hardcore. Uh, Pitt is one of my favorite teams, but I would definitely be pulling for Auburn in that scenario. So a lot of people in the live chat um, talking about fouling, officiating the refs, and like, I just want to encourage you guys to like try to not think that way because one, it doesn't matter. And two, like, I don't know how you could watch tonight and be like, yes, Auburn's better than Vanderbilt. I mean, just they, the are, better. Is, they are they are better than Vanderbilt. They are they a better basketball team than Vanderbilt. They were not tonight. Darryl. I, I, I know that. You play Vanderbilt 10 times on a neutral floor. You if you six. played Vanderbilt in like an NBA type seven game series, Auburn would smoke that tail. I'm just telling you, you play them in that high school tin can joke of a gym. That they get all the calls in, and that's different, okay. But you play them on a neutral floor in a tournament scenario, or a, or a, or a situation, a seven game series, and Auburn has four games at home. Auburn's better than Vanderbilt on a neutral floor. The and I, the any the net says it, the Ken Palm says it, all the analytics, all the experts say it. I mean, you don't think for a second that Tennessee's better than Alabama, do you? No. But what happened last Wednesday night? They got beat. By Tennessee, because one night on one home floor, things change, things happen. I know for a fact Auburn's not Georgia's not better than Auburn, but so, Auburn so, went to Georgia and got beat. So, do you think, let's say Auburn plays Vandy in the tournament or something, 
you think they'd have an answer all of a sudden for what was his name? Robbins. You think they'd yeah. have an answer with how to contain him? I think that game in an NCAA tournament scenario or an SEC tournament scenario on a neutral floor gets called differently, period. So you do think it was the officiating? No, I'm just saying that that's what you need to expect when you go on the road. Auburn gets those calls on the at home. I mean, I just think that's the way it's always been. But I think games get called differently on neutral floors and home court advantages and familiar rims and crowds, although – you know, Auburn had just as many crowds as, as uh, you know, seems like had a lot of fans. I, there's no analytics that tell me that Vanderbilt's a better basketball team. They beat Auburn by two on their home floor while shooting 15 more free throws. Any other game that they don't shoot 15 more free throws on a neutral floor, Auburn wins that game. The inability to adjust, though, is where I think you're missing that. And maybe I'm not communicating that well, but – I just don't think, and it goes back to your basketball IQ take that we kind of opened the show with. I just don't think there's any adjustment to how things are being called or a flow of the game. We haven't figured that out. I don't know how much of that is just the knack of the players. I don't know how much of that is coaching and being discussed in huddles. I don't know the ins and outs of that. But that continues to be a problem, Daryl. And I'm just not convinced in a tournament setting we're all of a sudden going to be able to do that. You know, we've done it for 18 other times this year, I guess is all I'm saying. I mean, this isn't a 500 team. This is a team that's won 18 basketball games and still has a winning record in the SEC and has still won some games on the road in the SEC. So at some point, there are some things that are being done where Auburn is being effective. I get what's happened in the last six games has changed a lot of that, and it's, it's what we remember seeing last. But looking big picture, it's very difficult to step away from the ledge. Look, I was as critical as anybody, okay, I, when we came on the air. I said, Auburn's not doing the things that they need to do to win basketball games. We're not getting guard play. We're getting out-rebounded. We're playing soft defensively. We're putting people at the free throw line. I get that. <clears throat> I get all that. But again, at some point, you have to say, okay, who are they playing? Where are they playing? When are they playing these teams? Is Auburn able to make adjustments from game to game? It remains to be seen, but they've won 18 ball games. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. I do know that there's some external fact. I just, you're not going to convince me that, of, that Vanderbilt is a better basketball team than Auburn because if Vanderbilt was a better basketball team than Auburn, that game would have been a lot different scoring, and they would have beat Auburn double digits. I just – I mean, that, the, Auburn was right there to win the game with all those things going against them. Got it. All right, let's, uh, let's open up to comments and questions. Um, Todd saying the drop-off from last year's team has been unexpected. I'm with you, Todd, but in hindsight, I don't know – why it was unexpected. I don't think we realized how good Jabari and Walker were. And I think we also kind of thought the guys coming in, specifically Janai, which I think Janai's been fine. I don't think Janai's the issue at all. In fact, Janai's probably the brightest spot on the roster right now. And then I thought Treyor would be good enough to be to fill a lot of the hole that Jabari was leaving behind him. And he just obviously barely plays. So that that to me is why. That that's the biggest shock, I think. And I know there's a lot of talk about Westry. Um, 
But to me, it's Treyor. I mean, I thought he would just be a NBA level dude. I really did. You got to have you in in this day and age in college basketball. You've got to have freshmen contributing. I mean, Auburn has three, and really none of the three are contributing at all. Now, is that a developmental thing? I don't know because I think that a lot of people in the country would have went. Is it a miss? Is it a misevaluation? Of a kid. We don't know because a lot of coaches would have taken Trehor and Chance Westry all day long and on Sunday. We have to be honest. When people want to have revisionist history and say, well, Bruce didn't get it done recruiting, well, you tell me another school that wouldn't have taken Westry and Trehor. Now, when they've gotten on campus, what has the coaching staff done to develop them? And that's where it's a big fat F. That's where there is culpability sure, yeah. and there is problems because no one's refuting the fact that these kids weren't gettable. I think you should go after a Westry and a Trehor. Donaldson, I don't know. I think he may have been a little bit overrated, um, you know, highly rated from a guard position. But at the end of the day, they're not developing. They're uh, not developing. And, and I like Trey. I don't know how he really fits into the puzzle. I, I feel like we're kind of forcing his his role, and I don't know if this team needs what his role is, but maybe we'll see. Uh, Warrior Wyoming says we're critical of the players, but when do we turn that light on BP? I think you turn that light when there's not a clear path and plan in place to fix it. And I think when you look at guards that he has coming in from the high school ranks in the next two classes, well, okay, like he's clearly trying to fix this situation. So. You got to start stacking seasons too of disappointment and and uh, you know playing below your potential. I mean, again, Auburn just won the SEC title last year. Yes, it was a horrible SEC tournament and postseason tournament performance. Yeah, you want to change. What did people think? Um, you know, Auburn was going to do this year? Finish. They they were picked yes. finish fifth and go to the tournament, and that's still within their line of sight. And look. I mean, is it a lineup thing? I don't know. Is there is there a certain lineup that Auburn's more successful with? I just know that you can't get the kind of guard play that Auburn got tonight. And if we played Vanderbilt 10 times, do you fully expect Wendell Green and Zepp Jasper to combine for five points? That that's just that's not that's rare. That doesn't happen. That's not the norm. And that's not something that, you know, that's kind of a anomaly that that happened tonight. Okay. So now. Yeah. But I mean, you know, Jalen going for 17 though, like that's not normal either. No, but Jalen Williams is capable of doing that. And if he shoots the basketball more, he is. And I, and I get the Berman thing. And, Berman's and Wendell's capable of scoring five, Daryl. I mean, yeah, sadly, that's true. But he's know? their second leading scorer. I mean, if, how often does your second leading scorer score five points? I don't know the answer to that. But Berman gave you more tonight than you normally get, too. True. I mean, he gave you eight off the bench, so that could have helped a little bit. That's um, true. Daryl, let, let, let's let's go through more of these questions if you don't sure. mind. Gavin saying, is this the weakest guard play in the Bruce era as far as shooting goes? The early years had scores, but no depth, front court, or defense. 2020 probably was worse because Sharif, um, Sharif was a good facilitator, but he wasn't a good scorer. So I'd probably say 2020, right, Daryl? Yeah, I can't even remember who. Well, 2020. Well, Justin Powell for for a while was giving Auburn really good guard play until he got hurt. And then after that, 
there really wasn't any other. Uh, Flanagan played the two, didn't he, in, that year? Uh, because I don't remember who the two guard was with Sharif. Yeah, one Jalen the five, which that's yeah, that's weird to think about. Yeah, that uh, was a that was weak. Hot dog water says, "Let's suit Dap up and put him in the rotation." I'm down. Mm. Long time ago from that. I, I'm I, down. Uh, I Jerry believe Rice, I was a coach against Robbins. Uh, yeah, you probably would have. You probably would have. Uh, the greatest receiver of all time, Jerry Rice says, "This is the only issue with the green light system." When you have disciplined, unselfish guards, it works. KD shows his selfishness, and Wendell has very little court discipline. Jerry, every week I ask Zepp, because he comes on the show, like, do y'all ever talk about shot selection? He's just like, no. I just think that's alarming. Like, That is wild. That is wild to me. Yeah, and Trey points out, I can't, I'm, I'm embarrassed that the kid that was taking our internship with us that I got to know for four months, Jamal Johnson was the other guard. And I totally forgot about that. It oh, was, yeah. it was Jamal Johnson and he actually moved to the point after Sharif got hurt and did a good job. But yeah, it was Jamal and Cooper in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Jerry Rice mentioning turbo as well. I forgot all about turbo. Yeah. A guard that came in with some fanfare and, also, you know, kind of didn't, but, but, but again, that was a weak guard lineup. Uh, that, that really was, that was, a, uh, in my opinion, if Sharif would have been healthy, uh, if we're talking about it and Justin Powell would have stayed healthy. That could have been a really formidable backcourt. I would have liked to see Sharif at the one and Powell that NCAA would, stuff too. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, but that, but that then, had but then like the be self better. The self-imposed stuff, I think, like, the core of the team was like, what are we playing for? Type thing. Yeah, that, I think that there was a recruiting aspect of of, of that backcourt that Bruce did his job. Because, again, if, if Sharif uh-huh. and Justin Powell could have played all year, I think we would have had a dynamic backcourt. They both got hurt, and that changed everything. Yeah, and then Justin Powell was like a – Soft. Yeah. We can candy. Yeah. Sure. Halloween candy. Uh, Jeff says, how has Lior developed to be a, to be better than the second ranked recruit in Auburn basketball history? We should get rid of Trey if he can't develop as a five-star. No, no, we want to keep the five-star on the roster, Jeff. I'm going to disagree with you there. And like, I don't think Lior is necessarily better. My, my, my biggest thing is like, why is Trey not playing? And I think some of it has to do with like the four is fine the way it is. Um, I don't know. I don't think Lior is like, it's, it, I think it's a different conversation. Like Lior has been here for forever is one part of it. And Trey or just doesn't sound like he's adjusting to the speed of the game. Like Lior couldn't have played as a freshman either. So like, I, I don't know if he's necessarily better, Jeff. You got, you got anything to say about that, Daryl? No, I, and, they're, and they're playing different positions. I, I get, you know, it's, it's harder. I think, as a big to come in and and when you're playing some athletic guys in, in you know the four or the five, I think that's harder. It's it takes more of a physical toll. I think you have to be more mature. Your body has to be more mature physically, mentally you do. Mm-hmm. Berman with his third year in the system, catch and shoot guy, a little bit difficult a little a little bit different as far as a developmental standpoint. Um 
Oregon, Wyoming, I'd like to meet you in person one day. You seem hilarious. He like, you're really a, does. You are yeah. a funny person. <laughs> Everything, yeah. there's something every show. Like I usually can't put it up on the screen, but like he'll do something that just cracks me up. Yeah, he <laughs> that's true. You can't put that one up there, but I understand his sentiment. <laughs> and uh yeah. There's a there's a certain form of surrendering involved with that, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence says guard play is awful. Christy said Sharif and Justin didn't play much. Right. That's, that's why I said if they, if they could that's have. True. In fact, they never once played together. Did you know that? They never played at the same time on the court. Yeah, I haven't really thought about that team in a minute, but I, I'm sure I knew that while I was happening. Yeah, they Chris, never did. Do you think Christy's ever been wrong about anything? Uh, well, I mean, I, I hope she's wrong about the two and three thing. Yeah. Like, I think she's going to be wrong about that. I think, I hope she is. Well, she gonna, said she hopes she is too. If so. she's right, we'll send her a locked on armor t-shirt. Won't we? Uh, sure. Yeah. 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 Christy's got a root against her hot tigers now. Yeah. Um, Henry says Treyor isn't a five-star player at all. I mean, you'd have to think that that is somewhat correct because he hasn't played yet. We'll see. Hopefully we keep him. I hope he's not frustrated and leaves. I'd like, I'd Remember, like to see if he again, can take a step forward. This is what I, I get all the, the sentiments in here, but a five-star player is not based upon what you do in college that you get that five-star. You get that five-star is what kind of player you were as an amateur before you came to college. And trades. So just because right, you, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of projections there too. There are some projections, but just because you come to college and flame out doesn't mean that you weren't a stud in high school. But again, it, you have to – it has to translate to the college game, and I think that has to do – like like when you say things, Zach, like they don't work on shot selection in practice. See, that tells me right there everything – You didn't, we didn't have to say one other thing about development but that because that tells me then they're not working on high-level, in my opinion, smart basketball IQ plays and shot selection falls into that. Who is our coach that coaches the bigs? Do we know? Do we know who the, the coach is that set aside that does nothing but work with the post players? I don't know. But whoever that is, Brooms played better. But Cardwell's not done anything and progressed offensively. Trehor hasn't. Stretch hasn't. So that's something to look at, too. I'd like to know who's working with the bigs. Uh, Jerry Rice, the greatest receiver of all time, says Trehor was always a project player. Jerry, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't remember that being a storyline, but you typed it so confidently. I'm just going to give it to you. I'm totally cool with that. I don't Oregon, know. Though, I get, I, let me just say this. I trust his assessment of that, but I don't think you give five-star ratings to project players. On basketball. basketball players that are sure. a project. Yeah, yeah. That's. But Jerry Rice, much like Christie, has never been wrong, which I'm cool with. Yeah. Where Wyoming says there's got to be more to Westry's need than what they're sharing. Was the street closed tonight? Bruce said at a, at a press conference a few weeks ago, that um, he was a candidate to be a redshirt player. So, and we don't know um, why that is. Just like we didn't know what was going on all behind the scenes till later with the Justin Powell situation. Let's be honest; we weren't getting accurate information back then. The kid wasn't concussed for three months. There were some other things going on, um, and he didn't come back. So, I don't know if he re-injured it or what. But so, so sometimes we have to take that with a grain of salt. All right, we'll wrap it up here. I think this is a good comment to end it on. Brent says, can we go back to a happier time when Zach's hair was just straight fire after that marriage conference? That was a week ago. 
And um, I appreciate that. It'll look good in the show tomorrow because I think I will have, uh, I'll be coming back from church when we do it. So be sure to tune in tomorrow um, or Monday on Monday's show, Brent. It's also done on tomorrow's show. We're doing a special NFL draft show that, that goes up tomorrow morning as well. <laughs> For people putting up stuff that we can't put I, up on the screen. I want to say this too. Someone yeah. made a great point. We also saw some things in Israel that I think gave us some false hope. And I don't fully understand why it was false hope. Like, I don't understand why it didn't translate. Unless yeah. we were just feeding it to them. But like, I just don't know how, why yeah. you do that if the intention was never to play them, right? Like, surely. Surely Pearl gave them opportunities to get minutes. Surely. I think we saw a little bit of that in non-conference play, right? They both look good. Yeah, and they both look good in Israel. And then they, and then they both looked – well, Westry was hurt coming up. But Trehor looked good his first couple games, albeit against soft opponents. But he yeah, looked, but he he looked like he was going to contribute. Do it against good opponents. Yeah, I mean, we thought he at least would contribute. I'm not saying – all conference, but you thought he was going to come off the bench and give you quality minutes and contribute. I think that was the expectation. Where well, Wyoming asked, can we just transfer to an Israeli conference? I think we can't. Tel Aviv, Tel Aviv, baby, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Um, once again, thank you so much to Henry Service Company. If um, if you ever find like okay, the cool air, or I guess the the hot air over this past weekend, it's missing just like Auburn's offensive scoring at times. You can call our friends at Henry Service Company to take care of you if you were in the Montgomery Tri-County area. They are the place to call. Daryl does it. If I lived in Montgomery, I would do it. You should do it as well. Alabama license number 00021. Daryl Daffrich, how can people give you some love, brother? Uh, Twitter, DAP6410. Uh, Monday mornings, I will be on with our good friend Ben Taylor uh, mm-hmm. on WNI, uh, Auburn Oklahoma this morning, and, and then at 710, and then at 120, be back on the Max Roundtable for a little segment to talk Locked on Auburn as well. And this wow. won't be pleasant to talk about, yeah. No, it won't. It won't. Um, there will be some people in the conversation that are happier to talk about it than you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is you- what it is. You can follow uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Z Black. We find all of our written work at AuburnDaily.com. Tune in Sunday morning. We will have a special draft themed episode about the Auburn Tigers heading to the NFL Scouting Combine. And we'll be back to normal as Lindsay joins me Monday morning. This has been Locked On Auburn.